You're a 415er. 415 You're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What's going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the 415ers podcast. As always, on the Odyssey app, on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. That is Mark Grandy. I am Evan Giddings coming at you twice a week here in the offseason. Got some good news as Brock Purdy is back throwing a football. We hope that continues. Also have some news about a former 49ers quarterback and also a, kind of a, a fun little uh, nugget we want to toss around, Mark, see if we can spark a good conversation. Before we dig into to today's episode, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, nice holiday weekend. Uh, had Monday off, took some time off, traveled up north to see some buddies from school. It was a lot of fun. Uh, recovering from a long weekend, but it was good. How are you doing? Oh, it was it was swell. Yeah, three-day weekend, of course. Everyone listening, uh, apologize for the Memorial Day absence, but uh, everything 24 hours as far as the holidays concerned, pushing this thing back a little bit, uh, but had a great time. Hung out in the city, and I'm glad you enjoy your time up in the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. and uh, also enjoy, for those kind of wondering about the ambiance here, everyone um, being able to, to sit through some some bustling noise in the background as well. So not a, not not exactly a live show, Mark, but, you know, we're, we're getting the, the vibe from the people. Yeah, no, no, it, it adds uh, it adds a nice, uh, I don't know, atmosphere to the podcast is what I'll say. Yeah, the 415ers are out and about. And, <laughs> uh, and Brock Purdy is back out on the field, Mark, because he's expected to begin throwing a football this week, which aligns with after the – the surgery that was originally pushed from late February to early March starts the, the the secondary part of his timeline, which after three months ideally takes him into early September. And, of course, that aligns with week one of the football season, which is exactly what we've heard from Kyle Shanahan, from John Lynch, from everyone in the know. Uh, so it appears to be all go for Brock Purdy at this point, and everyone seems pretty optimistic, continued, uh, that he'll be back week one. Yeah, it, it seems like they just continue to check off a number of different boxes. Uh, first, it was have the successful surgery. Of course, we know that happened uh, in early March, as, as you laid out. And then from there, it's just get through the first few months without a setback. Uh, I think last week when we talked, um, he was using a, a towel to kind of simulate the throwing motion, but not really put any unnecessary stress on the elbow. And now, per reports... He's expected to actually pick up a football and throw. Now, it's it's not going to be him unleashing 50-yard spirals down the field. It's it's going to start out very slow and, and easy and, you know, quick eight-yard outs. He's, he's going to, you know, throw it out to the flat to his running backs or to whoever he's even throwing to to, to act like if, if it was a real in-game throw, it would be out to the flat to a running back or to Kyle Juszczyk or to – Debo Samuel for wide receiver screen. It, it's going to start there, obviously, and that's not a surprise. Um, but the good news is, at this point, again, approaching the three-month mark post-surgery, at this mark, he's seemed to pass each and every single test. Now, there's still a lot more tests to pass before he actually returns onto a football field against an opponent, um, opponent that wants to try to hurt his elbow again. Um, it, 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 we're still a long way from that. But the good news is, Evan, as you laid out earlier, three months have gone by. 
And it's been nothing but good news since then. So that is gigantic. That is huge. That is so incredibly positive. All I'll say is there's, there's still a long way to go. There is. Uh, but one thing that NFL Network's Ian Rappaport added that I thought was kind of interesting is that if Darnold or Lance have to start for a week or two, that's fine. So I, it kind of aligns with the way that I've looked at this quarterback room, Mark, and it, it's, it's Brock Purdy's once he's back. And everything else is pretty much up in the year. So, you know, I, I, basically the way that, that I've seen Brock Purdy's progression has been everything has been green-lighted thus far. Obviously, room for potential error. Um, but, but hey, I mean, credit to, you know, the, the, the surgeon, the doctor who put this thing together because so far it's looked like everything is healed properly. It's now just about how he looks actually throwing a football. And so, you know, for me... I, I still contend that no matter if it's Trey Lance or Sam Darnold to start the season, which potentially could happen, um, it is Brock Purdy's spot whenever he's back. And you know, that doesn't necessarily mean he's the Niners quarterback of the future, but for me, that makes Brock Purdy the quarterback of the near future. And with him being expected to throw a football this week, I feel very confident that in saying without any more setbacks at all, uh, he is going to be under center. And I think, it looks like it's going to happen week one, which would be fantastic because the 49ers could finally have some continuity, ideally at the quarterback position, something that's tended to escape them in recent years. It, it does feel like that's the direction in with which we're heading. Uh, I I don't know. It, I, I still wouldn't be terribly surprised if he misses a, a week or two or, or whatever the situation is, but you're right. If that's the situation and it's just out of – I don't know, pure caution on the 49ers part, it, it's really not a big deal. Of course, the 49ers would love to put out what they would argue is their best team, the, the, the guys that give them their best chance to win all 18 weeks. They would absolutely love that, of course. But if your starting quarterback misses a game, two perhaps, to start a year, it's not going to sink you, even if you lose both of those games. Again, it's not ideal. But it's not going to kill everything that you have have dreamt of this entire offseason for things that you hope to accomplish in in the coming year. So um, it does seem like, Evan, if things continue to progress as they are, he might not miss any games, at least with this injury. Who knows what the future holds? But even if you're looking on a, a more pessimistic view, which I think is probably the angle I have I have been on the road I have been on for most of this offseason. Um, even if you were sharing that view with me, he misses a week. All right, so what? I mean, I almost, I don't, I wouldn't say I want it to happen, but I wouldn't mind it happening because at least it means, I would hope, you get a shot at Trey Lance. And even if it's a loss, even if he, he plays horribly, okay, we had another look at him, Not did not look good go back to Brock, then he's fully healthy and he plays well, and that can kind of put to bed this Trey Lance thing. So um, it does seem like, Evan, we're heading down a road where almost no matter what happens, it's okay for the 49ers because I think they have given themselves enough of a cushion considering all the talent that they have that even if Purdy isn't back by week one or week two or whatever the situation is, they'll stay afloat and they'll be fine even without him. Well, let me ask you this then. If it isn't what you want, which is Sam Darnold starting the first couple of weeks for the 49ers, then are you okay with Brock Purdy not being available week one? Uh, I'm, 
I am fine with. I, I guess how do I put this? I'm okay with Brock Purdy not being available. I'm upset at the 49ers' decision to play Sam Darnold over Trey Lance. I don't think Purdy missing a week or two to start the year is a big deal at all. Again, it's not ideal, but it, it's not going to sink you. But if you have an opportunity to play Trey Lance, I think you need to play Trey Lance. That's a conversation we've had plenty of times. We can dive into it more as the offseason goes on and, and we get maybe further information about the battle between Purdy and, or pardon me, between Lance and Darnold. But if that's a decision that they make, maybe it's the right decision, but I'm still going to be frustrated by it because after all this time, I just, I just want to see Trey Lance play some football games. Yeah, I mean, it looks like even if – Brock Purdy's available. It'd only be for a couple of games, but at least that's that's kind of a tryout period. And in addition, of course, to the preseason, which I'm sure he'll get the majority uh, of the opportunities. Hopefully, first team reps. We shall see. Uh, but but the other part of this, Mark, is you know Brock Purdy was speaking last week about the quarterback room and you know quote unquote loves the dynamic and uh, this entire report to me sort of uh, aligns with that. And because when you are the guy. Uh, you should like the dynamic of your quarterback room because everyone there is there to help you. And so when I hear the combination of Brock Purdy being on schedule, the timeline secondarily has started for him to start week one, along with him enjoying all the camaraderie and not really feeling, I think, the the tensity that a lot of fans are kind of thrusting upon the, the quarterback room. Um, I hear the 49ers being in a better place than I thought a couple of weeks ago as it pertains to their quarterbacks. Because as we discussed, the biggest issue I have is, is not that you have three starting caliber quarterbacks is, is that there wasn't really a hierarchy without Brock Purdy being involved in that. And from everything and all the signs we're seeing that issue becomes very clearly remedied when Brock Purdy is available to go because he is your unequivocal QB one. Uh, to me, Trey Lance and Sam Darnold in typical backup fashion battle for that second spot. And then whoever is on the short end of the stick becomes QB three. So that hierarchy sorts itself out when you have your guy. And when it looks like Brock Purdy is expected to be on track for week one, that to me is a great sign, not only for, of course, stability from your starting quarterback, uh, but also the rest of the pieces falling into place, because that was my biggest issue with the room up until this point. Yeah, you mentioned the hierarchy. It obviously requires there being uh, a top dog. Um, and the way that the 49ers are talking about Brock Purdy and everything that he's accomplished on the field, it gives him that sense of superiority. I mean, he's he's the, the quarterback starter. He's, he's QB1. He's the guy. Um, but I think what you said there at the very end, it requires the players and the people – behind him maybe a little bit lower on the totem pole to buy in and understand what the situation is and again we we talked a little bit about this last week who knows what trey lance feels and perhaps has voiced behind closed doors but everything that he's saying publicly um is hey i absolutely love brock purdy he's been incredible he deserves to be the starter he deserves to be the guy the way that everyone is talking about him is dead on it's accurate it's perfect it's great and I'm just here for a chance to compete with Sam Darnold for the QB2 spot, whatever it is, fill in the blank. He's just here to do that. But it seems like he understands whether he thinks it's fair or not or the right decision or not. 
he knows where he fits in right now. Um, and that is, I think, as important as, uh, you know, as having that guy at the very front. Uh, because in a, situ- in a situation like this where both guys are relatively unproven, you can kind of get that awkwardness and you can kind of have these guys clash. Um, and I think, as I said last week, Trey Lance has every right to be incredibly upset and, and to be frustrated with how this has all played out. But you don't get a whiff, a whiff of that from Trey Lance. So I think everything has has worked out well behind or below Brock Purdy as well. And without that, who knows? There, there might be a little bit of drama, but I don't sense any of that forming. No, I think that's a good point because I, I think that's also the reason why Sam Darnold w- was brought in. I mean, you want him to continue to fight for a potential starting job. If Brock Purdy's not there, you obviously want him to be QB2. And if not, slot in as your third quarterback. But you bring in guys that are professionals that understand the business. And when you have a non-homegrown quarterback, I think that's an important part of the injection into your quarterback room because Sam Darnold comes here with the understanding that he might play. But of course, the logical reasoning is that you're not going to play a whole lot if Brock Purdy is healthy. And even if he is, you might not because Trey Lance might just get that opportunity or take it from you. And so I think right now they have a great room of, of people and the, the culture, I don't think is anything that you can knock in, in any way. It's just a matter of kind of where, where your preference is. And the way that I would sort of label each of these three quarterbacks is Brock Purdy is more proven promise. Trey Lance is potential and Sam Darnold is a little more of that that floor quarterback that is more proven than the other guys just because he's played more games. And so that, that's the only reason why I feel like Trey Lance is kind of stuck in the middle a bit is because he has a bit of Purdy with, with that potential, but he hasn't been able to show it yet. And, of course, he might have more promise than Sam Darnold, but we just don't know yet. And so when you have one of the same, obviously you're going to rely on the one that's shown you the most, and right now that's Brock Purdy. Yeah, I think that I'm trying to find the right way to phrase this. I know we're going to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo coming up here in just a minute. Think back to some of the situations over the last couple of years. Jimmy Garoppolo always said the right things publicly, Evan. I think you'd agree with me there. Uh, talking about Trey Lance, but you always sensed a little bit more of a, I don't know, a wall kind of a disconnect between him and Trey Lance. And you could understand it. It's not blaming Jimmy Garoppolo at all. He was a guy who was a a completed pass away from winning this franchise, a Super Bowl. Um, And then they drafted his replacement a year later. And you know, the, the rest is history. He had every right to be upset, but in that QB room, there seemed to be a little bit more of a disconnect than there is here. And, and not to say that, that that makes Brock Purdy better than Jimmy Garoppolo or whatever. The, I'm, I'm not saying that at all. Um, it, it just is interesting the way that the, the 49ers' most recent quarterback rooms have kind of felt a little bit different. And a big part of that, of course, is Jimmy Garoppolo's status as a veteran in this league. And, and Brock Purdy is not that. They're two entirely different situations. But this QB room also just it feels a little bit different in a, in a better way, in a positive way than ones of the past. I, I'm, I'm not really sure, 
what that means for the team now moving forward because that Garoppolo QB room is, is one of the past, but it, it does feel a little bit different to me. Yeah, I do question how well it will mesh with the rest of the roster considering the, I guess, two timelines in a way that the Niners <laughs> are on in a bit. Uh, but that's certainly a conversation we can table for now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Four on Fivers podcast, as always, brought to you on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Please download the Odyssey app, rate us, subscribe to us on there, uh, comment if you feel so inclined. That's Mark Grandy. I'm Evan Giddings. We're coming at you twice a week here in the offseason, and that leads us to our, our next part of this conversation, Mark. You mentioned his name is Jimmy Garoppolo with the Las Vegas Raiders, and right now his future in Las Vegas, which is pretty much yet to start, is already up in the air because he – allegedly failed a physical shortly after signing his contract. Of course, it had to do with the foot that he injured, which opened the door for Brock Purdy to come in and play for the 49ers. And that three-year, $72.5 million deal is right now a question mark because after that failed physical mark, according to Addendum G uh, per, per Mike Florio, they converted his entire first-year signing bonus into base salary, essentially meaning he got to play in order to earn it. And he has to pass a physical in order to get on the field. So the injury-prone Jimmy Garoppolo that San Francisco 49ers fans are very familiar with has reared his ugly head again before even taking a snap in Las Vegas. Yeah, it's funny. If you remember when he uh, the, the agreement was in place, like when the news broke on Twitter that he was going to the Raiders, and then they had a scheduled introductory press conference, all the media got there, and they were ready and then they sent them home, and there was this unforeseen thing. But the Raiders and everyone involved said, oh, no big deal, nothing to write home about it. It's not a thing. When in reality, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't pass his physical. Uh, it was eerily similar to what the San Francisco Giants went through with Carlos Correa. Just this, the, the difference is the 49ers and Correa's camp never re-agreed to a new contract with in this case, the Raiders in Caropolo case added that addendum G that you mentioned, which essentially says the Raiders, if Garoppolo never passes a physical, uh, they don't owe him anything. You mentioned the, the uh, signing bonus becomes part of his base salary. He has to play to earn that, yada, 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 so on and so forth. The Raiders owe Jimmy Garoppolo nothing at this point in time. Absolutely nothing. Not even a guarantee that he plays a snap. For the Raiders, not even a guarantee they they pay him a pent a, a pent a a penny. I was going to say a penny or a cent, and I combined the two. A pence, <laughs> a pence, exactly. And it, it is the most wild, insane addition to a contract I can remember in NFL history. It's crazy. They have an agreement with their quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, and there is a huge addendum at the end that says. Eh. If, if you don't ever pass this physical, which I guess is understandable on the Raiders, uh, you know, standpoint, we don't owe you a single cent. It, it's crazy. These these two have been, uh, you know, in an agreement for months now, 
uh, yet he might not even start a single game for the or for the Las Vegas Raiders. It's crazy. It's one of the few things I think the Raiders have gotten right uh, in, in the last couple of years. And I know that Derek Carr has not made them had to look at any sort of addendums because whether you want to talk about his skill or his play production, like he's always been on the field outside of, I think, one season um, in which he got hurt. But th- that also kind of explains, Mark, to me. I know we were, t- we were kicking around, you know, Geno Smith getting paid this and Daniel Jones <laughs> getting paid $40, $40 million. Like, what's Jimmy Garoppolo going to get paid? Well, he got close to 30 per year, uh, but clearly there was a big asterisk right, ne- right next to it. And I, I think it, this is pretty much the reason, because when you're inviting a, an injury-prone quarterback into your midst, uh, you need to protect yourself. And, and unfortunately, this is the, the business that a lot of football players have to deal with, unlike Major League Baseball or the NBA, because there's guaranteed deals. But when you run into guys that have a... a a pass like Jimmy Garoppolo does, you got to protect yourself. And um, I don't know. It's, it, it's kind of funny. Like it, it is both very much a, a Raiders problem to deal with as well as a Jimmy Garoppolo problem to deal with. Uh, but I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this before. No, I, I don't think I have. And I, what's really interesting to me, Evan, as, as we continue to dive into this is we mentioned the delayed press conference. It didn't actually take that long for them to get the press conference back on. I think it was a day or, or two. Um, it, it didn't take that long. So what does that tell you? I, I think it tells you that either Jimmy Garoppolo and his agents, Don Yee, and, and his whole camp knew that he wasn't really getting an offer that was better or at least comparable elsewhere, uh, or that was at least their heavily heavy suspicion. The fact that he failed the physical and that just a day or two later, he then signed a new contract with the same team that has all these addendums saying, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, this is a serious, this injury is a serious concern, not only for us as a football team, but it should be a concern for you and your health. I mean, some of the lines in this addendum G uh, says that Jimmy Garoppolo would not pass the team's physical because of this pre-existing injury to his foot, his left foot. Uh, and it said that it has the potential to become a permanent disability by continuing his career. Uh, and that such condition has decreased his ability to play professional football. Like the way that the Raiders are wording this. And of course they have every reason to, because they want to be as protected as possible, but they're making this seem like an incredibly serious injury the Jimmy Garoppolo's left foot. The fact that this complicated and, and complex of an addition to a contract was just so readily accepted by Garoppolo and his party, Evan, uh, tells me there's a reason to believe this is a pretty serious injury and that they weren't confident or they already knew that they weren't going to get much interest anywhere else. Um, now, I don't know if that's because of the injury by itself or perhaps the league-wide view as Jimmy Garoppolo as an actual quarterback. Uh, but I think in all this situation, considering how quickly they reagreed to a new contract with all those additions, all those crazy additions that we've never really seen in a contract before, I think it just signals uh, Jimmy's status, unfortunately, in the NFL right now, which unfortunately uh, isn't very wanted. So let's address the elephant in the room, Mark. 49ers sniffing around. <laughs> uh, to bring Jimmy Garoppolo back, is that what you're saying? 
I mean, he may or may not be available. And I think a big reason why they didn't want to re-sign him this last summer is because they didn't want to pay 20-plus million dollars. Um, I think I said maybe the same exact thing last offseason. Uh, but hell no. Uh, it is it is not going to happen. And I feel extra confident that it won't happen this time after last offseason. I mean, what, what, what if he does, you know, sign and... You know, I saw Bleacher Report throwing around a, a trade, a Trey Lance for Jimmy Garoppolo. By the way, can, like with all the rumors that have been going around this offseason from the Combine, you know, to the Vikings, the Colts, whoever else Trey Lance has been, can, can, can you just name uh, Trade Lance? Like, is has that been <laughs> trademarked yet? Because I feel like every time I hear this guy's name or see it in publication, it's involved in some trade rumor that is going to amount to nothing. And it, it just like leave the kid alone or, or rename him or give him a nickname or something. Because at this point, I, I hate that each time the 49ers have either been linked to a quarterback or been linked to a former quarterback, that there's always the first thing they go to is, oh, we got to get Trey Lance out of here, man. Got to do it. Got to do it as fast as you can. And right now, Jimmy Garoppolo might be the latest reason why. Uh, Trey Lance for Jimmy. <laughs> I can't even get through it. <laughs> that is the, the <laughs> that we, is actually the, what we should do, Mark, is we should put together a list of all the rumors that uh, that the 49ers have been referenced in this offseason and oh, rank yeah. them from, from dumbest to not even least dumb, just impossible. I don't know, impossible. I, I, I we, we got to come up with you know, like the, those tier master lists. Yeah, yeah, we can come up with the, one of those. And just go through all the different reasons why we don't, why we don't understand. That could definitely take up a whole episode because you're right. There are dozens, if not hundreds, of those. I think this one specifically, the one that you mentioned, uh, Bleacher Report might have thrown out there. Jimmy Garoppolo for Trey Lance. Yeah, that's for sure in the works, a hundred percent. That one for me is probably on the, uh, the the dumbest extreme which whichever however we're setting the parameters for this chart that one is on the bad extreme the, the most excessive extreme for me um that is of course never going to happen if the 49ers are trading trey lance uh considering what they've said about brock purdy and even about sam darnold i know sam darnold is very likely going to be out of here after just one season um i don't think it's for a veteran quarterback with an extensive injury history I'll, I'll just say that i'm not sure the 49ers are looking to acquire someone like that well they did last year but i'm, I'm generally <laughs> with you <laughs> this is the 415ers brought to you by the odyssey sports podcast network with 95 7 the game coming at you twice a week here in the off season that's mark randy i'm evan giddings you can listen to us on the odyssey app as well as wherever you download your podcast from please download rate and subscribe. Five stars are appreciated. Uh, the last piece of this episode, Mark, I thought we got had a little bit of fun. I saw uh, NFL Media's Symphony uh, Freeland. Freeland. I apologize if I if I butchered that name a little bit, but uh, was basically putting together a list of underappreciated players. And the 49ers, she had named Brock Purdy, hmm. most underappreciated player on the 49ers. Now, I do want to preface this by saying she defended it by essentially you know, calculating wind share versus salary. And so, of course, the, you know, hundredth highest paid quarterback in the league that led his team to an undefeated record down the stretch of a season is going to, you know, analytically be very valuable or underappreciated, I, sh I should say. 
Uh, but he doesn't necessarily fall under my definition of underappreciated. And I'm curious where you would go with this. Yeah, for me, when I think of underappreciated, I kind of think of, um, I don't know, like if you were to pull 49er fans and they were to list their five most favorite 49er players, like guys that maybe tend to not make that list, but are still very impactful to winning. That That's kind of how I like who isn't at the top of mind for 49er fans, but who is still so incredibly important to the success of the 49ers. Um, I have one who you might disagree with in terms of the definition of underappreciated. Um, I think he's he's kind of on the border. He's up there, but he's he's not near the top, and he's not one of this team's superstars. Um, for me, again, I, I'm not sure if this will totally fit the underappreciated category, but for me, it's Brandon Ayuk. I, I think the the discussion around him is changing a little bit. I think there are way more people now than a year ago who would say he's this team's best wide receiver. A year ago, I think everyone would have said Debo Samuel. Now it's it's probably split a little bit more, and you can understand why Ayuk had a career season. Debo Samuel did not, um, and I think that trend does continue. But right now, considering what he means to the offense, Evan, um, and considering who else they have on the offense, all those stars, I think Brandon Ayuk can can get lost a little bit. The, the appreciation for him can kind of uh, be. Could, could lack a little bit. I, I don't think he's appreciated as much as he is important to this team. Uh, so my first one, which is maybe a little bit of a cop-out because he's kind of, I think, on that edge. Uh, the first one for me is Brandon Ayuk. No, th- that was a place my mind went to because originally I was just using the, the definition of, of this um, you know, list created. And if you're going off of money, like Ayuk is ab- absolutely underpaid and underappreciated yeah. compared to the production he gives. Um, I would also, I know he's not underappreciated by fans, but maybe compared to how much he's paid is Christian McCaffrey. Mm. Uh, last year, the 49ers paid him mark about $1.1 million after acquiring him from Carolina. I know that goes up to about 12 this year, but even then for the amount that he's used for the production he gives and for steal. the clear efficiency that he ratcheted in, upon joining San Francisco, like that that's my guy. Uh you know, Brock Purdy was making 890k last year. Christian McCaffrey made 1.1 million <laughs> and they both had about a similar impact on the 49ers success. So that those would be I guess my two guys, both Ayuk and then of course uh, McCaffrey if we're talking about money made. You know, I like that. That's a good one. Um one for me um I think it's the center on the offensive line Jake Brendel. He was kind of a relative unknown Heading into last year, remember it was Alex Mack the year before uh, the year the 49ers lost to the Rams in the NFC Championship game with that wild season. He came over from Atlanta. He knew Kyle Shanahan ahead of time. A long career, a really good player, was on the NFL All-Decade team, I think, for the the 2000s you know, through uh, 2010 or, or whatever the case was, maybe 2010 through 2020. Uh, he was had a fantastic career, lots of all pros and, and pro bowlers and all that. Uh, they brought him in for one year, and there was the discussion at this point last offseason, is he going to come back for another year? He ultimately decides to retire, and the 49ers, I don't think scramble is the right word, but they have to try to find his replacement, and they found Jake Brendel. And not saying I think he was one of the better centers in football, 
but he definitely held up his end of the bargain on the offensive line last year. Um, and as is the case, I think with a lot of offensive linemen, specifically uh, when you have Trent Williams, I mean, Trent Williams is a great example. He gets a ton of love because he's legitimately the best offensive lineman in football, maybe the best player in football, but anything short of that, you don't really get a ton of love as an offensive lineman. And the only time you're noticed for the most part, at least by most fans. And I think I include myself in this because I, I am not able to understand all of the intricacies of run blocking and, and how difficult it is in all of that. If you're not Trent Williams, you generally are only talked about when you give up a sack or you get run over by a defensive lineman. Uh, so I think a lot of offensive linemen are, are underappreciated. Trent Williams is not one of those. But of the other four that the 49ers have that are their starters, I think Jake Brennell is probably the the least, uh, maybe not least appreciated, but the most underappreciated of that group. Yeah, I think off of that, on the offensive side, I would probably lean Kyle Juszczyk. Yeah. I know that he's paid the most for, for a fullback, but anybody, anybody who – whose job it is to hit other people with their heads and not receive any glory or touchdowns <laughs> or yards. And just your job is to open up everything for everyone else. Uh, to me is always going to be underappreciated, but my final player on the 49ers that I would, I would personally select as the most underappreciated. And I tried to take in to account money made uh, draft positioning, the potential of getting lost as well as of course, production. It's Telenoa Hufanga. Okay. And I, I just feel like this guy took the biggest stride of, of arguably anybody last year and is always naturally going to be kind of third fiddle. The secondary furthest away from the football, so you're behind Nick Bosa, you're behind Fred Warner. Uh, even on the outside, Trevarius Ward, who was a big free agency pickup last year, was incredible last year for the Niners, might get some more shine. Um, but as an all-pro in his second season, I, I just think Hufanga is – really poised to to position himself for another big season and to have a huge impact on this year. But but even if you're looking at, of course, money made, he's on his rookie deal. Um, you know, he get, he gets lost behind the the late round picks, the other fifth rounders, a guy mm. like George Kittle. Um, I also just think that because of the position he plays, when he's around the ball, people love him, but it's, they're generally looking at the Warners and the Bosa's, and, and he's not the most vocal as well, of course, in his young career. So for me, when you take into account what, what the guy makes, how much, of course, he does on the field, uh, but also who he is behind on the, on the depth chart of leadership and, uh, of course, just in general, um, Hufanga, to me, would, would be the most underappreciated 49er right now. Yeah, I, I, I feel that one as well. And I think something you mentioned there at the end in terms of leadership, with Jimmy Ward having moved on to the Houston Texans, uh, it leaves a gigantic leadership void on the defense, specifically in the secondary. I don't think we can make the same argument for Talanoa Hufanga a year from now um, because I think the expectation is that he's going to have another fantastic season as he just had this most recent year. Um, maybe he doesn't happen to intercept the ball as many times, and maybe there aren't as many flashy plays um, because a, a lot of times it's, it's just the way the ball bounces. Um, but he's going to put up another good season, it seems. Uh, but he's going to have to do more in terms of a leadership role and be uh, more visible in that sense. And I think with that comes a little bit more 
appreciation, whether it's from fans or teammates or coaches or whatever the situation is. So I don't think we'll be able to have this conversation about Hufanga a year from now. Uh, but at, at the moment, I think you're right. That is a fair um, a fair point. One more before we do uh, wrap this up. This one kind of comes out of left field just a little bit. Uh, I think the teams, uh, football teams, punt and kick returners can kind of get lost a little bit, um, especially when you have had one that's good. The 49ers haven't had good punt and kick returners for a really long time. Ray Ray McLeod came in last year from Pittsburgh and did a really good job. He did not lose a ball on a fumble once all season long, and he also had a number of receptions and got into the end zone on on a catch once as well. So as a reserve receiver and as the team's really only kick returner and punt returner, I thought he did a fantastic job. Uh, And if if you – again, it's kind of similar to an offensive lineman. You don't get a ton of praise as the return man – uh, but you will get all the blame if you just fumble once and, and the ball goes to the, the opposition. Um, so I, I think that's kind of a thankless job at times as well. Ray Ray McLeod did a good job in his first year, and I think he deserves a little bit of love as well. Right on. Well, we'll table this conversation. I'm sure there'll be a lot more underappreciated players as we move throughout the offseason, of course, in the season. Uh, but we do appreciate all those of you listening to the 415ers podcast on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Please go download that Odyssey app, rate us, subscribe to us there. That's Mark Rennie. I'm Evan Giddings. First two episodes this week. We'll talk to you next time.